0: Welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Uranoff, and here with me today is Dr. Human Solomon, the Chief of Department of Surgery at Torrance Memorial Medical Center and the Director of Bariatric Surgery at Providence Little Company of Mary Medical Center in Torrance, California. Today we're answering your questions about bariatrics and bariatric surgery, what it is, who the best candidates are for surgery, and what does it look like after you have surgery. Remember, everyone, most of our questions will come from you, our listeners via social media we can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and on Instagram under Providence Health Systems. Use the hashtag with a Doc. that's hashtag talkwithadoc, for a chance to hear your questions in our episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. Well, okay, let's get started by welcoming our expert today. Hello, Dr. Solomon. How are you?
1: Very good. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, I'm so glad you joined us today. Um, I like to get everybody started with a really easy question. Why don't you tell the people listening just a little bit about yourself and the work you do at Providence?
1: Sure, thanks for having me. Um, I am a bariatric and minimally invasive surgeon at Providence low Company, Mary Torrance. I've been doing this for close to 15 years and i have a vested interest in weight loss and weight loss surgery uh, and uh, inclusion of uh, advanced technologies in uh, surgeries for hernias uh, bariatric surgery cancer surgery etc we started uh, a bariatric surgery program at Providence low company mary torrance about four years ago and we are a center of excellence Um, we're very proud of that and we've uh, been fortunate uh, to be able to help a lot of patients achieve uh, healthier lifestyles
0: what what got you interested or what piqued your interest in the area of bariatrics
1: um honestly it was actually a Kind of a serendipitous uh, event. Uh, my interest had always been to go into uh, minimally invasive surgery of abdominal organs, and as it happened, my uh, the end of my training at Stanford uh, included quite a bit of uh, bariatric surgery, um, and once I I was exposed to the results, uh, how life-changing these procedures are and how uh, rewarding the whole field is. I sort of uh, get very interested in it and I've been working at Centers of Excellence ever since and the rest is history.
0: Uh, I like it, the rest is history. Well, you've mentioned minimally invasive surgery a couple of times. So for people listening who don't know what that is, what's the difference between minimally invasive and, I don't know, I guess, a normal surgery?
1: Yeah, yeah, good question. So traditional procedures uh, always included uh, uh, larger incisions. Um, The bigger the incision, the more likely the possibility of complications. That's as simple as that. Um, Now, in uh, particular with uh, bariatric surgery, because of the um, uh, large size of the abdominal wall, uh, complications are specifically um, really hard to work through. Uh, These patients in the old days would get infections, uh, hernias, um, very prolonged recovery, uh, as well as painful recoveries after surgery so with uh, advancements in minimal invasive techniques um, bariatric surgery has become uh, one of the lowest one of the safest and lowest complication fields that there is it's actually um, a very impressive success story the how far weight loss surgery has come
0: so when we think bariatric surgery, most of us think my 600 pound life, right? Like that's all we know about bariatric surgery. But I know that there's different kinds, there's different reasons that people do it. So since this show is about bariatric surgery, talk to me just a little bit about what that means and what it might look like.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so for a majority of our patients, uh, bariatric surgery is uh, a streamlined super safe and very successful process um the it begins with a consultation uh with us we sort of explain uh, the program that we have envisioned for people um and we get started Uh, the workup that we do before surgery uh, is to make sure that the individual is safe for surgery if they have any uh, cardiac issues, lung issues, et cetera. Uh, we work them up. And on top of that, there is quite a bit of education that goes into weight loss surgery or bariatric surgery before uh, we offer anyone these procedures. The educational aspect of it uh, also has uh, grown substantially and has evolved to a really fantastic uh, level. Um, we basically um, teach a lifestyle we don't sell products uh, we don't sell a diet uh, that sort of thing we uh, sort of uh, educate the patients to be able to live a healthy lifestyle and that takes quite a bit of education and some soul-searching and some guidance um, from our part and finally once the patient is ready um, they undergo the procedure there's usually, uh, today in the U.S., there's usually just two commonly performed procedures. Uh, one is gastric bypass and the other one is gastric sleep. They're both very safe. Um, and the idea is that the procedures basically restrict how much food the individual can take in. And uh, the procedures also help the individual stay on track. It's not like a magic bullet that you have surgery and that's it. The, the patient still has to um, adhere to the diet and the lifestyle that's required for long-term success.
0: What uh, would make you choose, say, the sleeve over a bypass?
1: Yeah, very good question. And we actually... That's probably the most common question we get. Um, we tend to... Uh, recommend gastric bypass to individuals that need maybe a little bit more help losing weight, um, those that have struggled a little bit more with weight loss. Uh, The way I look at things uh, or um, obesity is that there's uh, two types of uh, patients dealing with obesity. One group is that when they diet and exercise, they lo- lose weight. They actually do lose weight. They just have a hard time keeping it off. The other group is individuals that, believe it or not, despite uh, working hard at their diet and exercising, they really have a hard time losing weight to begin. So those two are two completely different physiologically different um, types of patients so the latter meaning the one that uh, tries hard and still has a hard time losing weight most likely would benefit more from gastric bypass gastric bypass the main difference uh, from our point of view versus gastric sleeve is that it affects uh, the metabolism uh, for lack of a better term the engine inside uh, the person, how, how how fast they burn calories. Uh, gastric bypass affects individuals on that level a lot more than gastric sleep. Gastric sleep, for most part, uh, restricts food intake. It has a small metabolic benefit, but certainly not to the level that gastric bypass does. So we sort of do an in-depth review of... Uh, our patients' medical history, uh, we talked to them quite a bit about uh, how successful they had been on their own with weight loss. Um, how What was the earliest age they remember being heavy? That's another issue. Their genetics, uh, their genetic predisposition, uh, who else in their immediate family is combating obesity, etc.? And then we take a look at everything and finally sort of give them our opinion. At the end of the day, we go with what the patients feel comfortable with. Um, Our job is to educate them and uh, be with them uh, and make sure that their journey is safe and successful.
0: I think a lot of people, when you hear, you know, bariatric surgery, they typically think of it as more of like a cosmetic surgery or an elective type of a surgery. But that's not really correct, is it?
1: No, you're right. It certainly is not cosmetic. Um, so um, we we spend a lot of time um, conveying a very, very important thought to our patients that uh, these procedures are not uh, to be thought of as a magic bullet. Uh, the procedures only work if the individual does what they're supposed to. And that means they have to adhere to the diet, they have to exercise, they have to um, watch the lifestyle, etc. The procedures are really designed to help uh, people stay on track. That's what they are. They're in no way cosmetic.
0: I do think we oftentimes hear from people, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if I'll qualify for my insurance. And I think obviously it really depends on your insurance and it depends on your, your own personal health, right? But it isn't, it is kind of considered elective at a certain point, yes?
1: Yes, absolutely, it is elective. We, I wish there was a different terminology for it, maybe semi-elective, only because it has such a profound effect on someone's health. Um, After weight loss surgery, about 95% of all issues that come with obesity, like back pain, uh, sleep apnea, diabetes, cholesterol, high blood pressure, etc. Nine five percent of all of those go away. So yes, absolutely, it is elective, but we believe it's necessary for a lot of patients.
0: Well, you talked a lot about. You know, it's kind of, it's a lifestyle change. It requires education. It's not a quick fix, right? It's not an easy way out. But I know that there's a lot that goes into it. Once you've had those conversations and you've decided this is the direction to go, there's like a whole process. I mean, this can be like a year long process before you actually get to surgery, right?
1: That's correct. So um, how long it takes uh, an individual from their initial consult with us to get to surgery it depends on multiple different things um, uh, one is uh, simple uh, how much education does the individual need there's a lot of people that are more knowledgeable about calories diet uh, etc so they may need less education there are those who've been thinking about this they've talked a lot with other people who have had weight loss surgery so mentally they're quite prepared so they may need less of educational pre-op preparation. Um, And there are those whose insurance plans uh, mandate a certain number of weeks or months before they authorize them for surgery. So it varies. But average for our patients, it would be three to six months. Um, That's sort of an average. We've seen some longer, obviously.
0: And you guys offer, and I think a lot of programs too, but you guys offer support groups and and education classes and everything to help people prepare, right?
1: Absolutely. Support groups uh, is one of the key elements uh, in long-term success. Um, We actually make it mandatory for all patients to attend support groups, multiple support groups, uh, before surgery we uh, like to have the patients talk with other patients firsthand who've gone through surgery to understand their day-to-day lifestyle before they get uh, into having surgery
0: Well, this is, I mean, a fascinating topic, and I probably could talk to you for hours, but we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to take questions from the audience. So we will be back with more questions on bariatric surgery after this quick short break.
1: Sometimes I just can't take it. Sometimes I just can't take it and it isn't.
0: I'm like a broken record. I'm like a broken record, and I'm not playing right. tricking yourself getting through i'm so happy that i'm alive happy i'm alive at the same time as you cause you've got a higher power got me singing every second dancing every hour oh yeah you've got a higher power and you really someone? back on Talk with the Doc, and today we have Dr. Human Solomon, who is discussing bariatric surgery, and we've been talking a little bit about what that means, what it looks like, but we're definitely going to take your questions, so I'm going to to come and rapid fire at you, Doc, but Jessica from Facebook says, if I have surgery now, can I still get pregnant and carry a child later? Is it safe for me?
1: Excellent question. Uh, The answer is yes, And, in fact, weight loss surgery will make someone more likely to get pregnant and also to have a safe pregnancy and a healthier baby. Um, We know that uh, obesity increases uh, uh, likelihood of having gestational diabetes. Uh, And gestational diabetes makes it more likely that a baby will end up having diabetes over their lifetime, as well as having obesity. Uh, Now, once a a woman undergoes weight loss surgery, uh, we like them to not get pregnant for one year. And we actually warn them that they are very likely to get pregnant after weight loss surgery because, uh, believe it or not, Uh, weight loss uh, brings back the correct hormonal balance that uh, a a female patient would otherwise not have.
0: I can tell you, doc, that that's 100% true because our listeners are probably sick of hearing this, but I lost 120 pounds just working out, eating right the whole nine yards. And I had like my first period in like eight years. <laughs>
1: oh my God. And I was
0: like, oh, I forgot about how horrible this is. <laughs> but I also, I saw it. I'm, I'm obsessed with like TLC and I was watching, I think it's a thousand pound sisters. And that's what happened in their program is she lost weight. She got the surgery and then she got pregnant accidentally. And it was like a whole set uh, season talking about what that meant for her.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, let me congratulate you for that success. That's amazing.
0: Well, I'm not going to lie to you. That was right before COVID and I've managed to gain about 30 of it back, but I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on it. Uh, Well, we have another question. Les from Instagram said, I just found out I'm diabetic due to being overweight. Am I able to get surgery? Again, I assume that, I mean, this isn't an answer for you, Les, you don't have to see your own doctor, but can, can people who have diabetes get surgery?
1: Absolutely. And in fact, weight loss surgery is by far the best treatment for diabetes. We, when we talk about weight loss surgery and resolution of comorbidities, we have a specific target involving diabetes. And with gastric bypass, um, all comers included, we usually uh, say about 85% of them are completely going to get cured of diabetes. Now, I want to make a distinction between a cure and control. So, when someone is diabetic, they take medication and their blood sugars are controlled. They're not cured of it. Cure means no medication, normal blood sugars. Uh, end of story. So, absolutely, uh, diabetes is an absolute indication um, and. Uh, You know, many of our patients have diabetes and uh, they undergo these procedures very, very safely.
0: Well, this one totally threw me for a loop. Lisa from Twitter said, I qualify for gastric bypass and my doctor recommends it, but I'm terrified of dumping syndrome. How do I avoid that? I had never heard of that. I didn't even know what that was. I had to look it up.
1: Yeah. Dumping syndrome is something that bothers patients. Uh, It's probably more hype than real mainly because uh, it usually only happens with gastric bypass in about 20% of the patients and usually if they eat a good amount of carbohydrates and what dumping is is a constellation of different symptoms uh, it could be um, abdominal pain nausea diarrhea uh cold sweats dizziness it certainly unpleasant not very common and in particular if uh, people watch the amount of carbohydrates they take in
0: well, it definitely does not sound pleasant.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, no.
0: I thought this was a really a great question too. Julie from Instagram said, "Years ago, I went out of the country for lap band procedure. It wasn't successful for me. My doctor's now recommending gastric bypass, or gastric bypass, but I'm concerned it won't work either. Have you seen patients succeed with the second surgery after failing the first?
1: Yeah, good question, and unfortunate story. Um, we uh, see a lot of that. Uh, specifically with lap band Um, lap band is a device is a procedure that's still covered by insurances but we don't recommend uh, really mainly because of its uh, inconsistent success rate Uh, basically lap band is a device that goes around top of the stomach and it can be adjusted to be tight or loose and unfortunately it doesn't work very well so there are many, many patients in U.S., Europe, uh, uh, Asia that got this procedure, and it when it works, it does work. Let's be fair, but for a lot of patients, it doesn't work. So what we do now is that we remove the lap band and convert it to a different procedure. Um, gastric bypass, in comparison, is far more successful uh, than lap band. With gastric bypass. Um, in general, individuals can expect to lose about 75% of their excess body weight. And as long as they stick to the lifestyle and they follow up, uh, that weight loss can be maintained for a very, very long time and possibly even for life.
0: That is a question that we got from a lot of people. What does life after surgery look like? Does it change you know my longevity? Does it change the way I eat? What's the impact? I mean, what's kind of the prognosis of somebody who has a surgery?
1: Yeah, I'm really happy people ask that, uh, because very often we actually think that people don't have the right idea about uh, how lifestyle is going to be after these surgeries. First of all, let me tell you a personal uh, survey that I like to take from each patient. At their one year visit, I always ask them, do you regret having the procedure now that you've been through it for a year? And I will tell you 100% of the time, they say, I regret not doing it sooner. Um, these procedures are life changing. They're life saving. And they make life better for absolutely every single person that goes through it. Um, in general, um, like I mentioned, as long as people stick to the lifestyle, the weight will stay off. Uh, We think that with weight loss, substantial weight loss, I should say, an individual adds about a decade to decade and a half to their lifespan. Um, Majority of their uh, comorbidities resolve, as I've mentioned, and specifically diabetes. We're very interested in resolving diabetes. Now, as far as day-to-day living, it's different. It is uh, massively improved on many day on many levels. People can do things that they were not able to do uh, for years. They can buy clothes that fit. They can be active with their kids and grandkids. Uh, they they sleep better because they're not as heavy. Uh, they're full of energy. They can get pregnant, uh, as we talked about so life is a lot better now life is different in some ways in the fact that when it comes to eating portions are very small and majority of the food that people eat are uh, consisting of mostly protein um, and vegetables that's what we recommend now that does not mean it's somebody's birthday and they cannot have a piece of their cake that doesn't mean they can't go out to party and have a little drink they can't do those things every night okay uh, so it's different in that regard there's some foods that may bother people and that's somewhat random to some extent um, so food intolerance as we call it um, but for overall life is way way better
0: well we wouldn't be, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be a show if I didn't ask you the hard questions, too, because I think, you know, when sure. you're looking at any surgery, you always want to talk about what are my risks or what are my complications? What are the most common things that people would need to consider before doing the surgery like this?
1: Well, as far as complications go, um, it's a kind of a simple uh, formula. In centers of excellence, like ours, uh, in reputable programs, um odds of complication are low and that has been studied uh, numerous times in the last several decades um, doesn't mean it's zero uh, there's always a possibility of complications but specifically speaking really bad complications are extremely rare in uh, reputable programs um, now having said that Someone has to be uh, very comfortable uh, with undergoing uh, major surgery, even though it's very safe, uh, which is life-altering. We usually recommend uh, bariatric surgery to people who have uh, tried hard on their own and they've not succeeded and they realize they need help.
0: Is there a typical kind of a recovery time that people would expect?
1: Recovery in the hospital is on average about uh, one night in the hospital. Um, By the time people get home, usually the next day, they're uh, walking around. They're willing to walk comfortably. They can shower. Um, Not a lot of pain usually a couple of days of soreness uh, they may need pain medication Um, by around four weeks uh, people can uh, start exercising without any restriction Um, and by about six weeks or so um, most people are on uh, regular foods so Diet progression is something that's different with this surgery and other surgeries. We start them with very thin liquids and the diet then progressively goes up to regular food over the course of four or six weeks.
0: Well, I wouldn't be doing all of the women listening a favor if I didn't ask you. What about scarring? What's it going to look like?
1: Good question. So... Uh one of the biggest advantages of uh, minimally invasive surgery, which is well integrated into bariatric surgery, is the size of the scars. The scars are small. Um, the biggest one would be about maybe, let's say, half of an inch or so. Um, and they heal well. The risk of infection, etc., is very, very low. Uh, for most people, it's not really visible. If someone looked closely, they would they could find them. But they're they're small and they're not super visible.
0: My cousin's been considering the surgery and she keeps talking about scarring and I'm like, dude, I lost so much weight that I have like rolls and stretch marks. I would much rather have a small, tiny scar than some of what I have. So I think sometimes it just comes down to healthier lifestyle versus beautiful skin, right? But absolutely um, question for you about like the minimum side of things. Like, is there a minimum age for bariatric surgery? Do I have to have a minimum BMI number? What's the deal there?
1: Yeah. So in our program, the youngest people we offer surgeries to is 18. Um, There's no upper limit. We've done people in their early 70s. Um, as far as minimum weight or body mass index, yes, there is minimum body mass index requirements for insurance coverage we believe that everyone over the body mass index of 30 should be considered for weight loss surgery but insurance coverage really begins at body mass index of 35 Um, so at 35 most insurance plans require some kind of a comorbidity and it varies from plan to plan at body mass index of 40 and above, uh, most plants cover that without, with or without comorbidities.
0: Well, since we've talked a lot about the surgery itself, let's talk a little bit about the surgeon. If I'm considering doing this, what would I be looking for in my surgeon or just the program in general?
1: Yeah. So uh, one of the biggest advantages of doing bariatric surgery in the united states is this idea of a center of excellence program so if you think about any surgery it's really difficult uh, to tell how good the surgeon is Um, you may get a referral from your primary care doctor from your friend or family etc but nobody really knows how good they are unless someone really looks at the results. And this idea uh, first began in the field of bariatric surgery about uh, 30 plus years ago, um, that the safety of the patients uh, was inconsistent with, from surgeon to surgeon. So a group of bariatric surgeons get together and they say, why don't we make an organization that will objectively monitor uh, data, results of bariatric surgeons and report it. And if they are good enough, then they can be called a center of excellence. And if they're not, then they're not. So to answer your question, if someone goes to a center of excellence uh, for bariatrics, the odds are that the surgeons are very skilled otherwise that program would not be given that certificate outside of centers of excellence obviously there are good surgeons not so good surgeons but in my opinion would be very very difficult so if someone goes to a program certified program uh they are reassured that there is uh, you know a third party monitoring uh, data outcomes, etc.
0: One thing I feel like I have to ask, especially since you know we hear so much about behavioral health and mental health these days, is. Is somebody who's considering bariatric surgery, do they really need to think through kind of their mental health state as well? Like, I know when I watch like my 600 pound life, so much of it is about food addiction, but that food addiction is because they're recovering pain from some sort of a trauma. What's the behavioral health angle to the program that you guys provide?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so mental health uh, is uh, uh, in the forefront of everything we do. eating um and extreme uh subsequent of it, obesity it has a huge uh, psychosocial uh, component uh there, there's very few social interactions if you think about it that doesn't involve eating or drinking okay that that's just what uh, uh, any species that's alive does when we celebrate or when we get together with other people now, um, maladaptive eating, that's one of the issues that we have to deal with. Now, having said that, not everyone that comes to us has uh, a you know, profound psychological or psychiatric issue that they need to deal with. But um, what we uh, try to do is to encourage patients to think through their relationship with food and correct the head of surgery if it needs to do they use food for comfort do they use uh, food for entertainment do they use food for stress relief i mean if you think about it uh, like you mentioned food addiction is really uh, what we are dealing with to various degrees except it's a very very tricky addiction it's not like a drug that you just stay away from it And stay away from people who use it, etc. And you're good to go. You need food to stay alive, except that people use it um, incorrectly to make themselves feel better. So, to prepare everyone for surgery, everyone without exception will get a consultation with a psychologist whose uh, expertise is um, obesity. Uh, Maladaptive uh, eating behavior, etc. And once they're cleared, then they continue in the program.
0: It's so true what you said because as I was going through my weight loss journey, I realized that I eat when I'm happy, I eat when I'm sad, I eat when I'm stressed, I eat when it's social. Like I'm kind of an all times eater, and it was really it was eye opening to me to figure out how much food I was eating and why I was eating it. Was I actually hungry? Right? Or was I just eating because that was the thing to do? So, completely, completely agree with you on that. We're about out of time. So, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody at the end, which is Is there anything else about this topic that you think we haven't covered? So, if we're talking about bariatric surgery, anything else we need the listeners to know?
1: Well, I just want to reassure them that it's uh, a very, very safe uh, process. Uh, We've been doing this for a very long time. And Uh, They should uh, educate themselves about the procedures and the lifestyle firsthand. Don't read um, off the Internet. If uh, they want very accurate uh, information, they're welcome to go to our website, uh, Providence Law Company of uh, Mary, uh, Torrance Campus Bariatric Surgery website. There's a lot of good information there. There's some videos there. And this is we recommend people think carefully. This is life-altering for the better but it requires a you know solid commitment uh, from patients and they will not be disappointed I can guarantee you that mm-hmm.
0: Well, thank you for all the work that you do and for helping people get through this because you're right. It is it's such an important thing to consider, especially when it can impact your you know, your quality of life, but also the length of your life. So thank you, Dr. Solomon, for joining us today on Talk with a Doc and to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. Make sure to listen to our future shows on Dash Radio under the Future of Health radio station or on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to follow us on social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and on Instagram under Providence Health Systems. To learn more about our mission programs and services, visit providence.org. Thanks for listening. And remember, at Providence, we see the life in you. Thanks for joining us, Doug.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.